Good morning, how are we doing? Good to uh, see you today. We are in uh, week five uh, of our series on the book of Nehemiah. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out and turn to uh, Nehemiah chapter five. That's where we'll be this morning. And today's message is basically about problem solving. And the one thing I hope that you're catching from this sermon series is that leadership of any kind is about taking people from point A to point B. And in the process, we take projects from point A to point B. And sometimes leadership is about fixing things, but sometimes it's about making wrong things right. Like when you see our children's ministry without teachers and, and, and God stirs something in your heart, that means you're being led to get involved in children's ministry. See how I did that? <laughs> Saw a commercial this past week of these people who were going up an escalator and suddenly it stopped. You might have seen this. They didn't know what to do about it. They're stranded on the escalator. The lady goes, oh, great, I, I don't need this. Like, I'm late already. Then the, the, the guy really loudly shouts this. He goes, there are two people stuck on the escalator, and we need help. Finally, they give up. They just sit down on the stairs, and they wait for the repairman to come and get them out of their predicament. And I thought that's exactly how some people go about solving problems, right? They, they, it's all they know how to do, right? They just scream for help and wait for somebody to save the day. Leaders, on the other hand, are all about saving the day. And they know how to respond to problems. And that's Nehemiah. He responds to problems. Which is quite remarkable when you think about where he came from. And we know that he was a slave whose primary job was to drink poison that was meant for the king. Nehemiah is very skilled at leading people and managing situations. And again and again through the book of Nehemiah, we see him respond to these situations decisively and, and effectively. And... and I actually think that Nehemiah worked closely alongside the king, and he observed the king's reaction to various circumstances, and he learned what it meant to be a leader. He, he probably said to himself something like this, like, if I'm ever in a position to lead, I'm going to handle a similar problem uh, just like the king did. Or, or maybe he said this, if I'm in a position to lead, I'm going to handle that problem exactly differently than how the king just handled that. Nehemiah just learned how to respond to problems because he kept a close eye on the king uh, that he was serving. Another reason he was effective in dealing with issues is that he prayed like a, a leader should pray. Again and again, we see Nehemiah taking every aspect of this project of building the wall in Jerusalem before the throne of God. And, and he's praying, God, use us, right? God, bless us. God, protect us. God, grant us success. 
And Nehemiah understood that leadership involves solving problems. And, and he never panics, right? right? He never gives up in frustration. He, he never whined about it or threw a fit when people didn't do what he wanted them to do. He just responded to each situation, resolved each problem by the power of the hand of God. And I thought, man, I wish I would have known some of this stuff when my kids are little. All right, I probably could have used some of this. In your area of leadership, at work, at home, at church, this is what we should be doing. Responding to situations decisively and effectively before they have a chance to get out of control. Nehemiah gives us a great example to follow. So today, as we look at Nehemiah chapter 5, go ahead and take your note sheets out, and you can follow along with me. It's exactly what he's talking about here. I'm just going to read the chapters, 19 verses, a little bit long, um, but I want to read it so we can get some context, and, and then we're going to draw some principles from it, right? So Nehemiah 5 says this, Now there arose a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, With our sons and with our daughters we are many. So let us get grain that we may eat and keep alive. And there were also those who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our venues, vineyards, and our houses to get grain because of the famine. And there were those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is as the flesh of our brothers. Our children are as their children. And yet we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but it is not in our power to help it, for other men have our fields and our vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these words. So I took counsel with myself and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials, and I said to them, you're exacting interest each from his brother. And I held a great assembly against them, and I said to them, We are as far as we are able, have brought back our Jewish brothers who have been sold to the nations. But you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. And they were silent, and they couldn't find a word to say. And so I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. Ought you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations, our enemies? Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us abandon this exacting of interest. Return to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, and their houses, and the percentage of money, grain, wine, and oil that you've been exacting from them. And then they said, we will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. And I called the priests, and I made them swear to do as they had promised. I also shook out the field of my garment, and I said, So may God shake out every man from his house and from his labor who does not keep this promise. And so may he be shaken out and emptied. And all of the assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord, and, and the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the, the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of our Xerxes, the king, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate food allowance of the governor. 
The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them from their daily ration 40 shekels of silver. And even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. I also pervert, <laughs> persevered in, in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us. Now, what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every 10 days all kinds of wine in abundance. Yet, all, uh, for all of this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on, the pe on this people. Remember for my good, oh my God, all that I have done for this people. So, so really what Nehemiah is doing here, he's, he's giving us a, a great example to follow. So today, as we look at this passage, we're going to learn how leaders should respond and, and resolve problems. It, here's the situation, as you know. Nehemiah's Babylonian slave who became the administrator of the project in Jerusalem to rebuild uh, the walls of the city. So he gets permission from the king. He makes the 800-mile journey. He, he develops a plan for getting this job done. He recruits the people uh, to help him. He, he deals with the criticism. He deals with the opposition, even death threats, all that stuff. And now we get to, to chapter 5. And yet another problem rears its ugly head. And this one's not an external problem. No, this one is internal. There's dissension amongst the people. And some members are taking from others. And the problem occurs because many people who are engaged in rebuilding the wall had to temporarily forego their normal means of livelihood. And so they were experiencing financial hardship and landowners were forced to mortgage their properties in order to pay the taxes and buy food. And the money was being lent by wealthy Jews living in Jerusalem. And then they just took advantage of the whole situation and they just charged like these sky high interest rates. And the situation is getting so bad that the people are forced to, like, sell their children into slavery in order to meet their financial obligations. In other words, there are a few people taking advantage of the situation to make big money off the financial vulnerabilities of their neighbors. It's a bad situation. It needs to be resolved. And so Nehemiah steps in. And there are a few keys to problem solving that we see in today's text that might be helpful for us today. And so when you're faced with a, a, a serious problem in your area of leadership, Nehemiah gives us a good example to follow for making something wrong into something right. Here's what you do. Number one on your outline is this. You, you give yourself time to think it through. First thing, uh, check out what Nehemiah says, verse 6. I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these words. So, so Nehemiah is mad because these money problems were caused in part by the greed of those who wanted to make a profit off the money troubles of others. Right? Something that Moses' law, by the way, clearly said was wrong. Right? Exodus twenty two twenty five. 25. 
And his response is a natural one when it comes to injustice. And, and it's a good one, right? Injustice should make us upset, right? It should infuriate us. But just remember, it's probably not good to act too quickly on our anger. Like, ever do that one? Something happens, and, and in your anger, you react, and usually it's just not good, right? Uh, I've done that for my fair share of times. It's just better to do what Nehemiah did. Look at verse 7. I took counsel with myself. Right? That's the ESV. I consulted with myself, New American Standard. After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles, the New King James says. After thinking about the situation, the New Living Translation puts it. Nehemiah took action, but it wasn't impulsive. Right? He thought about it first. And we just need to think things through. Can't solve problems on a whim. Can't fix situations on the strength of emotional response. And sometimes our first impulse is the best impulse. Like righteous anger is okay, but it can't be our only response. Right? If you ever have something happen to you and you get mad about it, and then you make that decision that's not good, and then you kind of settle down and you begin to think rationally uh, about it, and then you have to go back and like reverse that original decision. Right? And we end up doing things that usually aren't good for us or others that are involved. And Barry's like going, yeah, you need to practice what you preach, bro, right? I do it all the time, right? Something happens, and, and right off the bat, I'm like, oh, let's go, right? Then I got to settle down. I got to think it through, and usually it's I make a whole different choice, right? Problem solving takes serious thinking. And when you're faced with a problem, give yourself some time to think about it. Second one is to address the problem head on. Right? You take some time to think about the problem. doesn't mean you avoid it. Right? You still have to address the problem head on. And if you're like me, I think that if I like, avoid the problem long enough, it's just going to go away. But guess what? That never happens, right? right? you got to nip it in the bud. If the brakes on the car are going out, they don't suddenly get better. Right? you got to have some mechanical intervention. If the bank account is overdrawn, money just doesn't appear. Anybody have money disappear in their bank account? Right now, you got to fix the problem. you got to make a deposit, right? Wrong things aren't made right without some intervention, well, without addressing the problem. I've heard it said this way, problems that go away by themselves come back by themselves. Ignoring a problem is never a good strategy, right? We just got to face it. We got to address it. It's what Nehemiah did. Look at verses 7 and 8. I took counsel with myself, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials, and I said to them, you're exacting interest, each from his brother, and I held a great assembly against them, and I said to them, uh, we are, as far as we are able, have brought back our Jewish brothers who have been sold to the nations, but you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. And they were silent. So Nehemiah confronts them, right? And they're like, yeah, right. You're right, bro. Right? You're right. They don't have a word to say. There's no comeback. Then in verse 9, he says this, the thing that you are doing is not good. Ought you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations of our enemies? So Nehemiah, right, he, he's like, when people are wrong, I'm, he's going to step up. 
right? He's going to confront the situation. He's going to tell the truth. He, and from the result that, that we see in, in verses 12 and 13, we'll get to it in a minute, we come to the conclusion that he must have told the truth in love. And I don't know about you, but, but I probably need to do some more of that. Like, I'm not really a conflict. I'm a unity guy, right? That's what I say. I'm not a conflict guy. I'm a unity guy. But you know, problems don't go away by themselves. You just got to stand up and, 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 and get after it a little bit. But there's more to it than just that. Not only do you address the problem, number three, is you need to offer a workable solution. Like, it's easy to figure out what's wrong with the situation, right? That doesn't require much skill, knowledge, or wisdom, right? It just takes a pair of eyes, right? You, you can figure that's the easy part. Leaders take it a step further, right? They do more than say this is wrong. They're able to say, here's the problem, and here's what we're going to do to make it right. Right? It's all about coming up with a solution. And not only a solution, but a solution that works. Because a lot of times people offer solutions, but their solu solutions are, are so simple or unrealistic, they just don't work, right? I was listening to uh, sports radio this past week. I know, shocking. And um, they're talking to uh, Jerry DePoto, who's general manager, Seattle Mariners, and, and they're not really playing all that well right now. And, and so they're talking about their problems. And, and Jerry said this, which I think is just so true. He, he said, it's a bit more complicated than just having Scott Service, the manager of the team, walk in the locker room and tell the players to score more runs. Right? Like, everybody knows that. We lost two to one. Hey, maybe we should score some more runs, right? Telling the players that doesn't yield results. When, when I was in high school, I played baseball, and our, our, our coach uh, made us, when we made mistakes, he'd make us run laps, right? Like if you had an error, like you get to run. I look back on it now, and I think, why didn't he teach us how to become better players instead of making us run laps. Like, we weren't making the errors on purpose. What we needed was a coach, right? Running laps didn't make us better players. He came up with a solution. It just wasn't a good one. Effective leaders say, here's the problem. Here's how you make it right. That's what Nehemiah did. He said, what you're doing is wrong. And then he tells the nobles how to make it right. He's like, stop charging interest along with some other stuff. Look at verses 10 and 11. Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let's abandon this exacting of interest and return to them. Not only that, don't charge them the instant. Listen to this. Return them this very day to their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, and their houses, and the percentage of money, grain, wine, and oil that you've been exacting from them like they got to give all of that back speaking of vineyards uh, uh, we have a one vine vineyard at our house one grape it actually made grapes this year it's amazing we got to come up with a name if you have a name for our one vine vineyard I'd love to hear it 
Here's what happens sometimes is that employees, volunteers, spouses, kids simply don't know what right looks like sometimes. And, and, and they, but here's what they do know is that the person in charge is not happy with them. And so the, and they know they're probably not measuring up to the expectation. They know they're making mistakes, but they don't know exactly what they do to, to, to do to make it right. So leaders, spouses, parents, it's our job what, to let them know. Right? It's our job to teach and to talk about what a workable solution looks like. All right, the fourth key to problem solving is to call for a commitment, verse 12. And they said, we will restore these and require nothing from them. We'll do as you say. And I called the priests and I made them swear to do as they had promised. So Nehemiah is just basically calling them to a commitment, right? Like, like you got to be committed to this. There are times when leaders need to say the decision needs to be made. So let's make it like we can't put this off any longer. We just got to make a decision. Then there are times where leaders need to challenge people with ideas and encourage them to think it through. Pray about their options, right? And just effective leaders just have to do one of those two things. And they know the difference on which one to pick. All right, number five uh, this morning is to lead by example. Right, if we want others to do right, it helps if they see you doing the right thing. Verse 10, moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are, leading, are lending them money and grain. Let us abandon the exacting of interest. So most commentators, when I was doing some reading on this, say that that means that Nehemiah was loaning money without charging interest. So Nehemiah is taking the lead. He's saying, what? Watch my example. And then in verses 14 through 18, he, he explains all of this. He says, Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of our exercises, the king, 12 years, uh, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. So apparently they got this allowance, and Nehemiah's like, we didn't do that. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens uh, on the people and took from their daily ration 40 shekels why is that hard to say of silver even their servants lorded over the people but i did not do so because of the fear of god i also persevered in the work uh, on this wall and we acquired no land and all my servants gathered there for the work moreover there were at my table 150 men jews and officials besides those who came to us from other nations that were around us now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox, six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. Yet, for all of this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy uh, on this people. So, Nehemiah, here's what he's saying. Right? He's saying, look, if anybody could have benefited, if anybody could have gotten rich off this deal, if anybody could have lived the life of luxury here, it, it would have been me, right? But I didn't do that, he says. I didn't take advantage of the opportunity because I didn't want to benefit from the burdens of others. So as the leader of this project, I haven't benefited from my position. And neither should you, he's saying. See, Nehemiah just leads by example, right? So as your pastor, I, I can't challenge you to pray if I don't have a prayer life of my own, right? I can't challenge you to spend time in the Word or to tithe if I don't do those things myself. The things you expect from others need to be visible in your life as well. 
And so if you're not an example to follow, you'll have a difficult time resolving problems effectively in whatever area of leadership you're in. Leadership is about getting things done. It's not enough to be righteously indignant about an injustice, right? It's not enough to merely point out what needs to change. It's about identifying the problem, developing a workable solution, motivating people to take action, and, and that's the kind of leader that Nehemiah was and, and, and that we should follow. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for uh, your word today. And God, I pray that as leaders in the home, in, in the workplace, at church, what, what, whatever area of leadership we might be involved in, would you give us wisdom in that? Would you give us knowledge and understanding? And God, would you lead us by the Holy Spirit? And may we, as leaders, be steadfast to your calling. May we stay the course. It just seems like the work is never done. So God, give us strength you and you alone. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.